Hello everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Player Development First podcast. This is podcast number eight and today we have Austin Ardry with us. Austin's business is Fast Twitch and on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok and Twitter he goes by Fast Twitch SPP. You can also contact Austin on Fast fasttwitchspp at gmail.com Austin is a speed specialist who um, takes a lot of youth athletes for um, speed development training uh, in and around the DFW area so if anyone is interested in speed development for their athlete this might be a good one to listen to Um, he works with a lot of players from different clubs and also works with clubs and today the episode is, is specifically centered around soccer and how athletes can improve their speed. Thank you very much for listening to another episode. Austin, thank you very much for coming on the Player Development First podcast today, man. Um, really appreciate you. Yeah, well, appreciate you having me. Looking forward to uh, talking about soccer and speed training. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, so I guess with all my guests I just have on for the first time, um, I like to go back to the start with them. Um, so what was your, um, what was your background? What, where did you, where did you grow up, Austin? All right. So I grew up in uh, South Texas. So Houston area, um, you know, grew up playing sports as a you know young guy. I played everything I could possibly play. Right. I played soccer. I played football, baseball, basketball. And then as I got older and older, um, you know, kind of siloed into some different things. So, you know, through high school, football and baseball were the predominant sports that I played. And then, you know, on into a uh, college, I became a college baseball player. So, not being uh, six foot tall is a little bit limited. So baseball had more opportunities for me to succeed and do those things. Yeah. So we've been the, been the baseball man. And then, so how did um, you, again, one of the reasons why I really wanted to get you on the podcast today, man, obviously I've seen you out in the fields, the killer, but um, I, I was really interested in your take on how you train a lot of soccer players for speed development. Um, So it, it, it just like, I wanted to mix it up myself with a podcast and get, you know, an interesting guest on like yourself. So um, how, how did you get into speed training? Was that just a passion you had growing up or? Yeah, I, uh, um, you know, my game and every sport that I played was always kind of built around being smaller and faster athletes. So I always knew how important it was. And it always was something that set me apart from other people, not being really big, really strong kid, you know, growing up. Um, Also what kind of puts into that, my dad was a track coach. So, kind of initial love for it. And then, you know, I was always a kid that wanted to know why and how and, you know, what makes athletes excel in certain things. And now you're seeing it become on the forefront of all athletics, football, soccer, uh, basketball. There's some things that are important. Baseball, they're tracking stuff with GPSs. Speed is just becoming very, very relevant to, you know, what's making elite athletes excel in the world of sports, right? The most explosive athletes typically will take over a game, you know, in an instant. So that's just kind of a, I started doing internships and um, I was like, man, there's something different to this. And I just dived down some deep, dark rabbit holes and learned everything that I could. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah. Well, you're right. I suppose like every, like every sport, you know, the the games are getting faster. Players are getting, you know, as, as athletes get more, um, you know, 
as we as scientists sort of have their input and and give their you know their their their, their tracking and their data to the athletes and they're you're able to go ahead and train and I suppose it's it's very necessary and um you know it's it's actually great for 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 me to you know, I've had a couple of my PD one players come to me and say, "Hey, you know, we're we're, we're looking for, you know, they, maybe they're quite technical, but maybe just athletically they need a little bit of work." And it's been great to have someone like yourself that is that medium to to be able to, to to share with with parents that maybe that's that's the route that they go. Um, so that well, awesome, man. So you got so you've done some, um, you you done a couple of internships, and then so when did you decide you were going to start up um Fast Twitch? Because that's what you go off on your 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 business and your social media handles is Fast Twitch, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I spent nine years as a college strength and conditioning coach, um, moving all around the U.S. Uh, great. I loved it. Um, every bit of it, you know, traveling with men's baseball teams, football teams, women's soccer teams. And uh, although I loved it, I got to experience the country. But initially I wanted to, you know, set down roots at some point, become closer to my family and be stable. You know, not every two years running around. In what college were you at? Um, so I spent some time at Ole Miss. Washington okay. State University, uh, the University of Nevada, and Liberty University. And, uh, you know, at some point, I just kind of was like, man, I just, I need to go out, I need to do my own thing. I think I had an entrepreneur mindset, but I really wanted to keep training. And I love coaching, I love performance. And, you know, over time, I just more and more was like, this is what I need to do. Dallas is the perfect place for it. It's close to my family. There's a ton of great athletes, I think I could impact that market and, you know, really help a ton of kids. Um, in a warm weathered state where we can train almost year round with, you know, pretty good weather. So I ended up here and uh, kind of just got it started, started talking to people, telling people what I wanted to do. And it's just, you know, the evolution of it over a year and a half is um, just, it's been a lot of fun and it's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And do 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 a lot of your training? I see a lot of. I mean, obviously, I I ran in India at the at the fields in South Lake. Um, yeah. Is that where you pr- primarily base your, your training out of, or do you, will you travel all over? Yeah. So right now without, you know, um, owning my own specific brick and mortar. Um, yeah. South Lake is a big area. Arlington, we do a lot of stuff. And then in the future, obviously I want to expand into the whole Metroplex, right? I want to be able to affect kids everywhere right now. They're kind of having to come to me on certain days and times, but eventually that would be, you know, the idea is to have, um, you know, be able to affect kids all over the Metroplex and maybe have, you know, our own locations throughout the Metroplex. Right, man. And um, so I guess for, for what really interests me with with what you do and, and seeing, you know, the first time I seen you, it seemed like it was a um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I was just that. But it seemed like there was a bunch of kids in soccer uniforms coming. You know, you did a lot of training for, for, for soccer specific. So I was yeah. like, well, I, this would be awesome to, to team up with this guy, maybe and do like a camp or, or uh, you know, a, a, a speed um, and soccer sort of um, combined camp. Uh, but um, so how, how do you feel like, you know, soccer players that are reaching out to you, how, how do you feel like you can benefit them? Obviously, yeah, you, they're going to get faster, but what sort of um, activities do you do with them that, um, you know, to make a game specific for them? Yeah, so one of the big things that I tell everybody is that, you know, we want everything that we do to transfer to the field, right? Soccer is a sport that's obviously running based and there's a lot of different implements within that, right? So I've got to be, you know, good at changing direction. I've got to be fast. I've got to be in great shape. Um, there's a lot of, I've got to be skilled. So there's a lot of different things that you have to hit on. Uh, it is a running based sport. So, you know, the biggest thing is I need to be efficient, right? So if I'm going to cover anywhere between three and seven miles, it's kind of a, 
typical range that you see in GPS is some players much higher, some players much lower, depending on minutes and style of play. But you look at it and I need to be an efficient mover. So, okay, to do that, I have to know what impacts me the most and, you know, great technique. Not only does it keep me healthy, but over the course of a 90 minute game, it's going to save a ton of energy, right? As opposed to me laboring and running with bad mechanics and things of that nature. So, you know, initially I think the technical improvements is what really helps soccer players also, you know, the benefit of added speed, right? Um, I know there's a lot of different speeds that they hit during a game, but you watch a game and just from the naked eye, it's kind of like, hey, a little bit of walking, now full speed sprint, a little bit of walking, full speed sprint, jog, sprint. So uh, a full speed sprint is always a high priority for any athlete that has to run as much as a soccer player does to be able to stop on a dime, change directions and do it again over and over and over. So you know, kind of one of the main things. And, you know, we were going to touch on speed reserve here is Mm -hmm. that's the whole general concept. So speed reserve is basically, you know, my ceiling for what I can uh, run. So if we think about it in terms of miles per hour, if I can run at 20 miles per hour, now I've got skills that need to be, you know, done without the game, there's jogging. So my, my speed that I will actually operate at will be a little bit less over the course of a game, right? So once again, being economical and having a faster speed allows me to perform my skills and do all the tasks that I need to within a soccer game with greater ease, if that makes sense. So a faster athlete has a much greater ceiling and ability to perform at a high level as opposed to an athlete that's a little bit slower. They're wasting a lot of energy, at higher outputs, trying to hit faster speeds over and over to keep up with me who may be quite a bit faster. So kind of uh, tying that speed reserve piece along with being an economical runner, you know, that just saves me energy. I mean, if I want, if I'm an impact player, I've got to stay on the field. So I've got to be fast and I've got to be in shape. 100%. Is there, um, just when you were saying that there, I, sorry, I didn't have this question wrote down for you before, but I, I was just thinking, is there, is there something that you see in a lot of soccer players that uh, is a, you know, a re- recurring um, problem or, or, or sort of trait that they do um, that you're always going in and correcting or is it kind of individual? I'm just thinking, is it, you know, I, I don't know, I always remember, you know, where I was running before, like, or, or like, but whenever I, I was always a soccer player growing up um, play, playing, but whenever I went and done some marathon training, my coach would have said to me, you're always running on your toes. Like you got to be running like heel to toe rather than like, and I was like, yeah, just, I never corrected it. It was just always the yeah. same, but um, I was just wondering thing like that like that uh that you see in traits and soccer players or an experience yeah i think uh i think it's younger athletes in general but i would say specific to the the soccer population um you know a, a lot of what i've seen in fitness programs in the past um you know in three years at the university of nevada with our women's soccer team you know you know our soccer coach we had two different soccer coaches and we had probably five different fitness tests so i'm getting to see it all right how you train for this one, how you train for that one, so on and so forth. But really, you watch the game, and I would take some videos and just kind of break down the girls' technique throughout the game. And what you see is you you see more poor mechanics. You see more jogging-based mechanics, and a lot of that is because of the way that fitness is typically done, whether good, bad, or indifferent. There's a lot of heel striking, and the foot lands out in front of the body. When I'm sprinting at full speed, I would like to keep my feet under my center of mass a little bit more, stand up a little bit taller, right? just in terms of great mechanics. So what I see is just uh, athletes tend to overstride a lot within the game of soccer, if that, you know, simplest form. And I would say that I see, you know, some athletes a little bit too much on their toes. Um, you know, 
there is a bandwidth for what you want the pressure in my foot to hit the ground, right? I can't be too far to my toes, but I definitely don't want to be on my heels either. So somewhere is a happy median. We start to talk and slow down in training and learn how the foot should impact the ground because everything starts from the ground up, right? No, hundred percent, man. Like, well, this is great. I I love it for you know any any player that wants or, or parents maybe that could be listening to this that could you know maybe be interested in your training for sure, but maybe just to be able to be thinking about that and the mechanics of how running can you know impact their yeah their their conditioning how they can you know for throughout the duration of a game especially those going into towards you know your high schools and maybe wanting to go on and play college. Um, yeah. Um. <clears throat> So uh, you, you you talked about speed reserve there. Is that is that something that you would put into programs for players to try and is there a, uh, a metrics that you can do sort of that, that or, or that you would work with with your athletes? Yeah, so I think long term it would be you know ideal to have GPS on right. So now in practice, in matches, and in you know specific field based speed training, you can track these at all times and you can always compare apples to apples. Right now, you know at least within my system. Um, I use a laser timing system, so there's no, um, it, it's all straight objective data. It's not me being good or not good with the stopwatch, right? So I can give people accurate assessment. So with that, you know, we time a top end speed, we, we time a, a plethora of runs, right? We want acceleration uh, numbers because those are also important. But for the most part, the max velocity, the top end speed numbers is really what matters the most. What's my highest output? And now we're starting to, you know, make it make sense to people and uh, convert it into miles per hour, right? So I can tell you, hey, you're running at 16 miles per hour. That's kind of your ceiling right now, right? So, you know, with that, now we can start to drive those numbers up. And now you see where it could impact, um, you know, the concepts such as speed reserve or overall general conditioning. Yeah. What sort of runs would you have them do for the testing? What so my favorite exercise is the flying sprint. So, um, like I said, pure output, top end speed. I typically give them a 20 yard window to build up from zero to their full speed. Once they hit that first laser, which is set at the 20 yard mark, uh, they have a 10 yard fly zone. So that's as fast as I can run between those two. I'm not reaccelerating. I'm already up tall. That 10 yard split will give me, you know, a velocity metric. And then we just convert that into miles per hour. So, that's how we get that. And, you know, I allow kids, hey, if you want a little bit more room, scoot back. Some of my high school or college kids, they'll scoot back in 20, 30 meters. I don't care what you do, as long as you run fast as you possibly can through that 10-yard window. Wow, okay. That's great to hear. Okay. Um, so I guess one of the other questions that – so for, for, for someone like me who isn't, um, you know – I've uh, not with it. Haven't got the experience of you know speed like yourself. But we want to maybe add um a speed increment into our our sessions. Or um how how could a, a coach um a soccer coach sorry specific if you don't mind me uh, related to soccer um yeah. if you uh, how could we implement speed training in our practices like uh, as an, an effective way where we're not gonna you know obviously we're not gonna have the technical details as, as what you've got that you know um but how could we maybe add something like that in? You know, maybe just as opposed to just you know straight sprinting or do, do, having the kids do sprints or something like what what would um or what would that look like and maybe when in the session would that be appropriate? I think always it would be ideal you know to do these things at the beginning of practice, right? So um, I don't know how long your warm up typically is, and you can lay it out. You can add exercises. You can subtract things, right? So maybe you just kind of plug and play and figure out what works in your environment with your athletes, right? So. I think there's definitely some things that I always want to hit. So 
within that, you know, you go through your dynamic warm up and your movement stuff. Okay. Well then at that point you can do some skips for height, simple things like that, that aren't extremely technical that, you know, lend into single leg power. So you can add in a couple of drills at the very beginning. Right. So in a typical warm up fashion, I would always go from stationary to dynamic stuff. So sitting still to movement based stuff after that would be from slow exercises to faster exercises. And then you can kind of put the puzzle pieces together and you see, okay, if I have a 10 minute window, I can do X, Y, and Z. That leads me right up into practice. So right. I'm getting ready to run. I'm getting ready to stop, start, change directions. You, you add in, uh, you know, those pieces to your warm up that are more specific to what you do and what you need. Right. So, um, like I said, from slow to fast, and then you build it out. So I start with some marching, then I start with some skipping, then I start with some bounding, maybe. Then I run a couple build-up sprints, and then maybe at the last one we run a 20-yard race. Everybody's ready. Okay, get a drink of water. Practice starts now. So I right. think you can effectively do some things that will enhance kids' ability in you know 10 to 15-minute gap that doesn't take a ton of extra practice time, yep. uh, and really they're warming up. You're kind of two birds, one stone idea. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, man. Is um so is that a big part of your training, or, or would you recommend that as well? This you just mentioned something there about the single leg um isolation exercises. Is that is that um I guess I'm just trying to think of some activities. Is there is there mo some activities that are better than others? Obviously, there is for you know actual speed improvement. Um, is that something that you've seen yourself? So it's like single leg because I see in your in your um Instagrams and stuff you do some of the marching and the and the the, the skips and then it leads into the sprints. Uh, is that something that you would recommend? Is doing this isolating single legs? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, we're talking about running. I think for young kids, sure. If you you know think weight room, just to make it easy to understand, like. I think, sure, you know, squats, deadlifts, those things are great exercises. Um, but I think the closer you can get to doing one-legged exercises, the more that it transfers over for the athlete, right? So, um, yeah, I want to do some single-leg stuff within my warm-up, single-leg RDLs. Maybe it's uh, some split squats in place. Maybe it's, uh, you know, marching, as we mentioned, skipping for height, things of that nature. And then because running is, uh, at some point, I'm suspended on one leg. So it is a single-leg action, right? Mm-hmm. 100%. Closer and closer that I can get to what I'm doing, specificity, you know, I would say is more ideal without going, you know, too far off the deep end. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if 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 for myself, like what I was thinking about, is there is there some sort of like um, like. I, or any advice you would give so I'm, I'm always trying to make my warm-ups better pre-game um and obviously i coach to you know pretty contrast in age groups uh with the 2010s and 2013 girls so um at the minute i've got you know such so u10s and u13s is there anything that you would recommend you know obviously i, I try and i keep it kind of similar where i'll i'll do um the first couple of runs that maybe they'll do will be uh without a ball and it'll be just sort of movement dynamics um then they'll maybe do a little bit of dynamic stretching and then i'll sort of get the ball out and start off and be just some uh some passing activities some rondos um some keep ball activities uh and then maybe we'll we'll maybe finish off with we're going to a goal but how could i maybe add in is there any activities you would recommend that um because I know that people have said, I don't know if it's still the case in science, um, but whenever I was in, you know, going through school, they were saying, you know, static stretching, stay away from it pre-game. Um, you, you know, and unless it's, you know, there's an injury involved or whatever, but it's it can generally like reduce, I guess maybe reduce your like speed output uh, or something like that. Is, that. is that is that correct? But is there anything you would recommend that um, activities were 
um, that could be implemented in a warm up pregame for you know maybe for, for uh maybe for younger athletes, but also for older athletes. Yeah, I think so. I think for starters, like you mentioned, you know, static stretching, um, when done in like short bouts can be okay. But yes, there is research out there that backs it up to say that you know it does um, make you a little bit less explosive than at other times. So. I would try not to do a ton of that. I think anything movement related is wonderful, right? Skipping, rhythm, coordination exercises. But I think if we're talking specifics, you know, I definitely want to do something that kind of opens up the ankle joint, right? To be an effective soccer player, I've got to be able to stop on a dime and reaccelerate. So if there's some things that I can do to open up the ankle joint, uh, the hips, definitely. Everybody knows how important the hips are. We start talking specific muscles uh, in regions, you know, I would say calf, feet, ankles. There's something that I can really hammer there uh, to prime those up and get them ready. I mean, we do an exercise called pogo hops, which is an off extension of like, say, jump rope, right? But it's really just targeting everything from the knee down. Um, the glutes, as everybody knows, are uh, very, very important. Glutes and hamstrings. If I can do some things, you know, lateral lunges, different uh, dynamic stretches for my groins, because I have to be able to move laterally. And the groin is a big exercise whenever I kick that is very active. So, um if you can Im include all of those, um, I think you're hitting all the right spots, right? So single leg glute bridges, lateral lunges, things of that nature. Um, skipping bounding, as I mentioned a few times, those are just all inclusive, man. Those just really hit everything. Um, and then I think at some point prior to, you know, the, the ball getting rolled out there, I think you have to hit one full speed sprint. It doesn't matter specifically how long it is. One full speed sprint, somewhere between 15 and 20 yards. I think you're you're golden. If you're ready to run, you're ready to kick, you've warmed up and played with the ball, I think uh, you've hit everything in your warm-up that you need to. Perfect, okay. Um, do you have any advice for – I've actually got – it's um, – in my older – I guess probably it's just their stage of their growth, right? They're, um, they're, they're U13, but they're, I've seen like I've got a lot of hamstring in, injuries um, and pulls. And, you know, I, I've thought about my own warm up and what they were doing. You know, I've, I've even thought, do I maybe just ask those players, maybe maybe stack stretching is appropriate for that um, whilst they're going through their growth. Um, yeah, is there anything, any advice you would give? Or uh, if, if someone was the static stretch, what's the um, ideal time that they, should, that they should do it for? Would you recommend? Uh, you know, I would say, you know, somewhere in a 30 second range is fine. And I would probably try to do that post session. Um, you know, the thing with, with static stretching is the muscles at some point going to return to its normal resting length. Right. So I'm just sitting here right now, my muscles stationary, right. I go and stretch it and I make it longer. Now within a couple minutes, it's going to come back to its normal resting length. So in terms of, you know, muscle flexibility, I've got to do something to challenge the joint range of motion, which will give me, you know, open spot for that. But if I'm, uh, if I'm specifically talking about hamstrings, there's a thousand factors that we could go into hamstring health. Um, you know, just a couple off the top of my head though, yes. I would really target the hip flexors. Okay. So the way that your pelvis is oriented and hopefully we can make this simple. If I'm at neutral and my pelvis, we'll just say, you know, anterior pelvic tilt, which basically just looks like my pelvis is tilted the top down. So my butt is kind of sticking out, right? Uh, with that, my hamstrings are actually on stretch um, and they're getting more work that's done to them over time. So, um, you know, some massage to the hip flexor region or adding in some hip flexor stretches would be probably very, very ideal for that athlete. I would kind of start with something like that and one thing at a time and then pinpoint, right? So we kind of mentioned um, something that's 
frequent within soccer players is overstriding a little bit, right? Getting out in front of my body. Well, when I put my foot out in front of my body running full speed, there's a ton more force all the way through my hamstring than at any other point. So I have to pull my body over my center of mass and my hamstring is really doing a lot of work to get me there. So um, that's where I would say the technical piece comes into in terms of hamstring injury prevention. But I, I would look at mechanics and I would look at hip flexors initially and then kind of go from there. But static stretching, about 30 seconds post is probably plenty. You can go quite a bit longer than that too and be just fine. Yeah, interesting stuff. I never thought about that. That's that's uh, <laughs> sorry, I got off. Absolutely, man. <laughs> um, I, I another another injury, I suppose, associated with 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 running. I suppose, and and with soccer, you know, the 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 times that you're changing direction. Um, there's a, I think I I read it somewhere where it's um in female athletes um around the age of high school, sort of college ages, um, so I guess over sixteen around that age, um, eighteen. They get a lot of um, ACL tears, you know. It's, so, um, is there any sort of recommendations you would have for ACL um, injury prevention? Yeah, um, and I, I know it's probably it's it's probably a, another Matt one of those questions I'm throwing out very generic. Yeah, sorry, mate, but maybe you've got um, just a couple off the top of your head in relation just to yeah. soccer. Yeah, I think I can, I think we can direct it a little bit. So I think there's a couple things post practice on the field you could do to really help you. So. Two things, like I mentioned earlier, everything starts from the ground up. So if we start to develop all these big hips, hamstrings, glutes, quads, and we forget about the feet and the ankles, all that force is going to dissipate. And the weak link in the middle is my knee joint. Okay, so there's some specific isometric, which is just stationary exercises that you can do for timed holds post-practice that I think will just strengthen the foot, ankle complex, all the way up the chain. That's supplemental. That will help. It's not a big rock. But... I think the big thing in today's game is you have to be able to stop, right? So, you know, my business is built around speed development and making people accelerate faster and reach higher speeds. Think about it. If you hit your car and you just hit 80 miles an hour and you slam on the brakes, what's going to happen? Disaster, right? So same, same concept. If we could implement some forms of deceleration training post, that's not only going to make an athlete more stable, uh, but it's also going to challenge them neuromuscularly, but it's given to give them an added ability to be able to stop on a dime performance benefits, rechange directions. But from an injury prevention standpoint, it's going to give me the ability to absorb all that force and hence protecting my knee joint, um, you know, because my body's safe. Right. So uh, we do some five yard, 10 yard uh, deceleration drills on two feet from time to time. I mix it up because I want my athletes to stay healthy. We'll mix in some lateral stuff. Um, single leg is big because now I'm stopping on one leg. And as you mentioned, that's where a lot of the ACL stuff happens. Non-contact injuries is what you're seeing in soccer. Uh, and on one leg, when I'm starting to pivot and or change direction, that knee's just torquing. So some of those things, I would always do them at the very end of practice. Um, short, quick bursts, but really teaching good body positions um, and teaching them how to stop and put their body in a safe environment to rechange directions. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah, and um, uh, so I, I suppose I wanted to give you opportunity here as well. I mean, I I, I think it's awesome what you're doing. I, it looks very professional. I mean, whenever I was out on the field, um, I, I, and we first got talking, I was obviously we had uh, connected over social media before that, but I was just yeah. I was blown away by the professionalism of your pro of your product. I was like, well, he's got everything. He's got you know all the equipment. Um, you know, obviously visually it looks the part, but also the technical detail that you were that you were giving these athletes. I was like trying to I was trying to listen in. I was running a session myself. I was trying to steal yeah. some, some information, <laughs> but um, 
I was, uh, you know, for, for me, I, I would love to know, like, how how could you benefit sort of the North Texas area in mm. in your in in relation to soccer? I know you've got a ton of athletes that are coming to you, but if you're if if um if if any soccer families are listening to this right now and they're looking for um soccer specific or sorry um speed specific to soccer, um, what would your product uh, offer them? Yeah, I think um, I think quite a few things. I think obviously, you know, they go hand in hand together. Right. But the idea is, um, you know, to make kids improve their performance. Right. So you're not coming to me just to create a good relationship. And, uh, you know, like you had mentioned, professionalism is a big part of it. Right. Yeah. I want to look the part. But if your athlete, if your son or daughter is not improving, that's a problem. You need to find somebody that can help you improve. Right. So on both ends of the spectrum. That's why, you know, the data is so important. That's why we purchased the Lazen timing system to prove, hey, over time, here's how we're improving. You are actually getting faster. Now I can rank them against other kids. So you can truly see, is my son or daughter getting better or are they not? Are they staying the same? Or are we just not showing up and training as consistently as we should, right? You can pinpoint your performance, okay? Um, You know, from the injury prevention standpoint, like I had mentioned, you know, from time to time, you just talk with people and they say, Hey, I've got, you know, all these injuries or my son or daughter's battle with this over and over. Okay. Well, let's actually check out what's going on within their run. And that's something that, you know, all my kids get access to every week is I, I take a video clip from each session and I break down their technique for them and I I prop it up on my phone and we slow it down and we talk about it. So now they get an in-depth look at their mechanics. Once again, over time, they can see how those mechanics have improved just for making them an athlete and a mover, right? Not necessarily a sprinter, but it goes hand in hand. So I think improved performance and I think injury prevention go a long ways. And obviously, you know, I want to see every kid that I work with take over games, right? I really want to see them just fired up and passionate. Like I'm very grateful. I'm very thankful. My, my performance has improved. So that's, you know, that's, I want to say purpose over mission, but that's my goal for the DFW Metroplex is to bring high quality speed development to the entire Metroplex. So that's, uh, I'm hoping that we're going to hit that one of these days. Um, with all your your social media and stuff looks looks incredible. I'm sure you'll, I'm sure it'll not be long till you're 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 hitting everywhere you want to hit. Um, I I suppose for for a, a parent listening to this, if a parent was here and obviously they're serious about their their athletes' um development. Um, what would would there be like a recommended uh sort of obviously they're they're playing soccer right so they're they're, they're practicing their technical skills or maybe they're playing they're, they've got two three practices a week. What would a, a ideal um speed if they were to include a speed session or a fitness session in, in general? What would that sort of training diet look like if, for for you? How would you Im- implement that too? Would you do it? Uh, you know, maybe just before they're, they're they're doing it, or would you just go go one day go complete speed training? What would you recommend in in, in that there? for your for, for any athlete come to you yeah i think both are good options so i think a separate session because we can do it a little bit longer right so typically our sessions are an hour and we hit everything from dynamic warm-up to speed drills where we really break down and slow down technique to time sprints to resisted sprinting so we hit everything and then uh, finishing with deceleration training at the end as well so within an hour time frame we're busy and we're hitting every aspect of your movement skills on the field right now, not everybody, like you mentioned, you might have matches on the weekend, tournaments, you might have two to three practices and skills training. I think one of the easiest things for, you know, soccer athletes right now uh, with as busy as they are is a team training type type of deal, right? So there's a team that we work with in the Metroplex, and that happens to be a 30-minute session based around the practice time. Now, it's not a perfect scenario, right? Um, 
30 minutes and it's post-practice, but it's about what we can get in and not sacrificing too much time, but also giving them what they need. And they're not taking away too much from their skills. It's an added 30 minute session. They're already warm. We just prop right into drills and go from there. So there's still some added benefits to that. Um, I think either is an option. I think it just kind of depends on what the athlete has available, what the parent has available time-wise um, and things of that nature. Well, I think that's awesome as well. So that's something that you um, offer to maybe, that could be something that maybe some clubs would be interested in. I'm sure if anyone's listening to this, that if you're wanting some speed training, that the, even if it's post-practice or, or pre-practice, whatever way you can get it in, I think that would be a great idea for a lot of teams. I'm sure there'll be a lot of interest there. Yeah, I think it it, it limits um it, it limits driving time. It limits, you know, another session per week. It's literally just an added time frame to the practice. You don't have to go to another location. You're right there. Hey, I'm going to go get us dinner or prep dinner. I'll come back 30 minutes later than I would or vice versa. Hey, I dropped my son or daughter off 30 minutes early. Practice will end at 7 p.m. or whatever it is. Boom. Now you go home and you, you get on with your life, you know. So kind of uh, it, it makes sense. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, it's it's been good so far. We're five weeks into a training session with the team and it's pretty smooth so far. Hope it does. And so what's your um what you obviously we've mentioned your future goals about you know taking on the the the, the Metroplex and, and getting a lot of clients and in, in that regard and, and impacting a lot of a lot of athletes. Um is your eventual goal for fast twitch to have your own uh so, uh um speed school and facility uh yourself, yeah. Yeah, I think it's becoming more and more that way. I wouldn't say a year ago I thought that. Um now more and more. I want a location where people can always come and I want them to be able to come multiple times a week if that's what they want and can fit into their schedule. So I think somewhere um, along the right way we need to do that. And uh, it's becoming more and more real to me to be able to do that. Uh, another aspect is I haven't really mentioned and not a lot of people know yet as we're working on is um, a concept called Speed School, which um, is going to be an online program. So there's kids all over from you know, little message on Instagram. Hey, I really like what you do. I wish I lived closer. Or there's kids in Allen or McKinney that can't quite come over to South Lake or Arlington's far from everybody. Right. So speed school is going to be a platform where athletes can learn the drills and exercises that we do in training. So um, we're collecting drill demonstration videos where I walk through in depth with some of our athletes. Right. Uh, we have a videographer that'll come out and we'll go top to bottom. Hey, hey, this is speed school. This is a drill that we're going after today. I want you to learn it in depth and then it's a community, right? So the exercises will be uploaded to this platform and you'll be able to talk into it and message back and forth or whatever. Um, so it's going to be kind of cool thing. That's not really on the market where athletes can learn that can't make it in person to train with us. So just drill demonstrations, they'll get um, a couple free programs that come along with it just as a bonus. And then obviously I tried to get back to anybody that reaches out to me. So if they're like, Hey, you know, I'm on speed school. I follow this and that I need a little more instruction or a little more. Okay, cool. Let's get on the phone or email me, see however else I can help you. Fantastic. I think that's an amazing idea, mate. Yeah, that's, that's great. And is that, is that like a subscription service for, yeah, yeah. that will be monthly. Um, like I said, there'll be two free programs that come with it. One is a weightlifting program. It's 12 weeks. There'll be a six week speed development program. It's a two day week program that obviously you administer on your own. Um, there's going to be YouTube click through. So if you're like, hey, what is this exercise? You know, you can check it out on YouTube. This is what it is. But um, there'll be eight of those popped up a week or sorry, eight of those that go up a month within the platform. So two a week. Uh, one will be a technical analysis video, as we mentioned earlier. One will be like an educational talk where it's like probably me on a whiteboard or doing something educational just for training mindset. And then the other 
five to six videos for the month would be, you know, straight drill, drill demonstrations, trying to teach and uh, let these athletes, you know, try to get better on their own if they don't have an in-person coach that can help them. Brilliant, man. And so what's the, obviously you, you, that's your, uh, your, your future goals. Is there any other, have you got anything else in your mind? Would you get back into university coaching or um, any sort of um, club specific coaching? Would you ever be interested in that? I don't know. I'll never say never, to be honest. I'm uh it's hard to see it, you're it, all in with your business. I suppose it's yeah. 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 And, and it's fun and I love it and it keeps me busy. Um, you know, and then the next challenge is how do I grow? How do I, you know, gain other coaches and things of that nature. So I'll never say never going back to, you know, university stuff, uh, working with colleges, but I really, really like living in Dallas. So I think it might be tough to get me out of here. Yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. I really, really appreciate your time on And thanks so much for all of the information you've given for, 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 uh, for athletes regarding soccer uh, and how they can improve their speed. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, no, thank you. I hope that uh, anybody listening, you know, got a lot of value out of this or, Hopefully I made it simple enough to understand. So, um, yeah, anybody that needs to reach out, reach out. I'll see how I can help you. Yes, I, I, and your, so your handles on social media are um, – you, you, you want to get yeah. yourself a good plug there? Yeah, so Instagram, uh, I'm most active. Twitter, same handle. Uh, TikTok, same handle, at FastTwitch, SPP. Um, you know, email FastTwitchSPP at gmail.com. Um, also Facebook at fast twitch SPP. So not as active on those, but I tried to be diligent in that, but Instagram, very, very easy to get a hold of me. You can see exactly what we do and everything that we offer. Awesome. 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 Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, no, thank you a lot. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah.